Reopening Delaware, a special presentation of The Rick Jensen Show on WDEL. Join us now as we navigate the future of our state through and beyond the COVID-19 crisis. Here's Rick Jensen. Fifteen months it's been? Man. And there's Daryl Scott, director of your Delaware Unemployment Insurance Office, every Tuesday after the news at 1 o'clock with information you need to have if you're one of the thousands and thousands of people still having trouble accessing your unemployment insurance benefits. And we uh, let's see. We should dedicate this broadcast today, Daryl. I want to dedicate it to Jackie. Jackie is out there during the peroxide paralysis traffic jam. She's somewhere on Centerville Road, Newport Gap Road. The train is stuck in front of her. Nobody can move because of the traffic jam, and she's having trouble with unemployment insurance benefits. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see what we can uh, do for Jackie. Yeah, there's not much uh, that we can say except, uh, good God Almighty, we're thinking about you, Jackie. And that's not that's no real help. Um, Daryl, I appreciate it. I know you have some news for people and uh, yep. some information on accessing benefits now that uh, the pandemic is slowly, you know, ebbing aside and we're moving back towards being in the offices and such. But we have a, some people on the phone, and I want to get to those calls first, Okay. Okay. Perfect. Let's get to Don. Don, say hi to Daryl. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Don. Listen, um, you probably don't want to hear this, but I'm I'm trying to register and also get the um, job search moving. Um, I yeah. called the line today, and I've been on hold for three and a half hours, um, and nobody's picked up. So I was wondering if you could just, because I was a little confused when I went online, Initially, you register. This is probably good for everybody because everybody's doing yeah. it this week. Yeah. Um, so you go on and register, and could you could you help me out here? And then your job search. How does that work? So, so Don, there's two things. One, you register at joblink.delaware.gov. So you go through, answer some demographic 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 information um, that they'll ask you about, and then you either upload a resume or you can create a resume on the system, and that will complete the registration requirement. And then the work search is you certifying each week that that you looked for work, right? You talked to employers, you applied for jobs, you attended a job fair, and and each Sunday or Monday, whenever you do your weekly certification, you'll be asked, you know, did you look for work? And it's likely to ask you for uh, information about, okay, if you talked to a company, what was their name, what was their address, email, phone number, et cetera, to document that, that work search. So the first is complete the registration and either upload or create a resume. And okay, then so uh, create, I haven't I haven't created a resume for quite a while, so right. I can up, upload the resume there as far as what my current um, my current uh, skills are. Excuse me. Um, Correct. And then put that on there. That and that will suffice with the registration and uploading the resume. Right. Okay. It, that will that will satisfy the registration, and then you know again, as you would look for work, whether it's applying, you know, via you know online or you're talking to people in person. The the important thing is you may be audited at some point in the in the future about your work search. So we ask people to keep records, you know, who you spoke to, the job, if there's a requisition number, you know, email, phone numbers, because um, there's a couple of places in our process where we check for that information. So we just advise people to keep track of that. Okay, so if I'm in the 
a telemarketing business, in other words, and it would be like a management position. If I apply to one of the banks that has a uh, uh, phone uh, bank there and so forth and yep. put the information in, would that suffice? Yeah, that, that would be great. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what, again, it's in line with what your work experience is and – you know, and just, I, mean, I, can, I can send them, fill out an application, and then they put it in the log, and then if I do get audited, then it should be okay. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, and then one other quick question. My understanding is I, I know the Republican governors have been shutting off the unemployment in Delaware here is September 6th, and from what I read from what President Biden said, that will be the end, Correct. That's what we're hearing, just as you. I mean, we're we, we're not hearing anything different from U.S. Department of Labor or the congressional delegation. So we're anticipating that the $300 supplement, the FPUC benefit, will end uh, September 4, and and I, I think September 4 is the Saturday, which is the last week um, that it's eligible. And then the PEU, PUA, PEUC, the uh, MEUC programs will all uh, end at that time as well. Is that that's what we're currently working toward? Right. So the, yeah. So the, and and the way things are looking in in uh, Congress and so forth. It, uh, I mean, it would obviously be unlikely because the Republican governors have already started shutting down. So, and Joe Biden, if I may, and Joe Biden has also said uh, he has no plans of extending it past that September 4. So the right. last deposits will probably be going into people's checking accounts right. on okay. uh, September the 6th. That's, that's how I read it, too, um, uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, they're going to cut it off and that's it. Yep, that's okay, it. that's all I need. I thank you guys very much. Well, Don, I want to thank you. I want to thank you because you asked Daryl every question that I had planned to ask him, <laughs> and I thank you for doing that for me. Well, I can uh, read your mind. <laughs> Apparently so. All right, be well, my yeah. friend. All right, 302-529-1017. Let's get to Jerry. Jerry, say hi to Daryl. Hi, Daryl. How are you doing today? Fine, Jerry. How are you? Good, thanks. I've got two questions. Um, one probably speaks to my uh, deficiency in technology, but a couple of weeks ago when I tried to do my claim, there was this huge message um, that comes up when you you know go onto the site, and I couldn't find a way to get past that. So I finally uh, wound up trying to apply over the phone, and uh, the way I used to do before I started to do it online, and okay. nothing really came of that. So I sent started sending emails to you know the Department of Labor and such, and they kept telling me they keep telling me that I have to um, re what is it reopen my claim because my claim has expired. But I I thought it went to um, September at this point. So Jerry, there's two things. One, the the federal programs do are extended until September, and Delaware is continuing to participate in them. But but a claim is good for 52 weeks and six days, right? So if you filed, I'll just make, you know March one of 20, you know 20, um, right around the first part of uh, April of 2021, you're going to be asked to, if I did that right, March. Maybe it's the end of February, but but a year and six days later, your claim ends, right? And oh. and you have to reopen it or or file again, and you will continue if you're unemployed and and there are no other issues, you'll continue to be able to collect. But it's just a requirement that, you know, after that 52 week six day period um, expires, that that you've got to 
again, go through the process again. And that's uh, it's not unique to Delaware. That's nationwide. Um, well, you guys hold things up by doing that? I mean, because there was it, something in the email about going back to your employer and so forth and so on. Well, so it's possible. We are, in some cases, we're we're looking at claims that if you were on PEUC, there is a provision that allows PEUC claims to continue. And so we're looking at individuals in that situation to say, and, and Rick and Jerry, not to get too complicated, but literally it says, you know, if, you know, if you're ending, you know, PEUC after, you know, your or your claim expires at the end of that year, after 52 weeks and six days, mm-hmm. um, we we look at the system. Do you have wages in the system to qualify for a new claim? You know, is it within $25 of the current WBA? And if it's within $25 of the current WBA, you've got to go back to the traditional UI program. If the difference is greater than $25, then you get to stay on PEUC. And if you have no wages, then you get directed to the PUA program. So. I don't mean to say all that to confuse people, but just to share that it's not as straightforward as, you know, you file and and things, you know, uh, speed along, you know, very quickly because of all these these checks. And and again, it's just a little more complicated than any of us would like. But those are the things that we have to go through. So, Jerry, so if I you would, send, send, yeah, it, it, please do that. But send send Rick an email, r i c k at w d l dot com, and let me. Let me have somebody just take a look at it and see uh, if there's any direction. I had already done that, and that's what resulted in these other emails coming, and I've been going back and forth with people, and they keep telling me you have to reopen the claim. So that's, I guess, what I have to do. The second question I have for you is um, getting pushback from the state because my understanding is that all of the unemployment from 2020 was being exempted from taxes. So I put that number whatever that number was that you sent me, the uh, 1099 or whatever it was on, right. in, on line 36. And they say, no, you can only put on line 36 what you put on your IRS Federal 1040. And I'm saying, no, that's not the case. And I even say, give them the excerpt from your message that has that information in it. So the depart well, so again, the, the unemployment insurance benefit was exempt from state Taxes. So whatever you put on, I, I guess, Jerry, what I'm understanding is if, if we said we paid you $10,000 in unemployment, that would have been the amount you entered on the on your federal tax form as well, no, correct? Federal tax only allowed a certain portion. Oh, ten, okay. So let me do this again. I know our Department of Revenue uh, published information about what to, you know, how to address this issue. So again, separate issue, but again, I would ask if you'll email Rick at WDL.com, I'll get it to somebody or get an answer from the, uh, from the revenue department to see what information they can provide. And then the other, you know, advice maybe is to talk to whoever helped you prepare your, um, your tax forms to, uh, to potentially answer that question. Well, that would be me. 
<laughs> okay. So let me let, send an email. Let me get it to Revenue and see what information they can provide and see if we can help you out with that. Okay. Really appreciate it. Thank you much for your help. Hey, uh, thank you. you. Appreciate day. that. Daryl, I'm getting a lot of messages, emails from people about fraud, and I told you yeah. there's even one that came to my home for a previous resident at my address. I'll just tell yep. this right now that happened. And, and I also get this uh, as well. i uh, wondering if you have any information on the fraud alert for Delaware unemployment that is causing really hundreds, if not thousands of people uh, to not be paid like they should. So, Rick, uh, a couple things. One is, you know, there's some questions about, you know, the system being hacked. And I wanted to let people know that the UI system was not hacked, right? That individuals' information, so in, in the case of that, you know, that claim that was filed with your address, is people have access to other individuals' social security numbers and potentially enough information to bypass our identity verification system. And what I wanted to talk to people about today is, you know, I'm seeing increased activity on social media where there's phishing to get private data, what's your maiden name, information about your children, you want, you know, and we've all seen the emails about you want a gift card or your, you know, XYZ account has been compromised, click here to update your information. Yeah. Individuals should be very cautious about clicking on those links don't, and just, or providing that information. Yeah, just don't. Well, and, and that's exact. Don't yeah, do it. Don't do it. Because if they get your social security number and they can get a little information about you, right, then they potentially can get by the, the identity verification. So I wanted to let people know, one, our system hasn't been hacked. We are seeing an increase in fraudulent claims. In fact, in the, in the past couple of weeks, Rick, more than half the claims that have been filed have failed the identity verification process. Really? And yeah. how, how many would that be? How many is that? Well, we, we had more than 6,000 people file last week. So you figure uh, about 3,000 of them failed the identity verification process? It, it's probably, it, and it's more than that. But yes, we, we had more than half fail the identity verification, which there are people who are legitimate who can't, you know, who can't answer the an address they were affiliated with in 1975, right? But but we know from the you know from the activity that we're seeing an increase in, yeah. in fraudulent activity. So we're doing things. We're putting some additional controls at the time the claims are received to validate identity. So it's going to get again. We're we're using technology to try and help us identify fraudulent claims. Mm -hmm. We're doing additional analysis on claims after they've been received to identify fraud. Um, and we're also expanding the investigative staff to respond to questions about uh, fraud and or investigate uh, fraud. No, it's, so a, now, it's a big we, deal because I'll, I'll say yeah. I have another message here from uh, another listener and saying, um, and I quote her writing, not me. I know myself, yeah. I, I've gone four weeks now being a victim of identity theft. And not one soul at unemployment told me anything. I had to call the governor's office begging for someone to help me to f even find out if I was a victim. Not to mention I've been an entire month now without a single penny to support my four kids. And there are thousands of stories identical to mine on the unemployment Facebook pages right this moment. It's a yep. huge thing, and people are getting ready to explode because this has remained completely silent and hidden. The Delaware way, she thinks. Instead of officials actually trying to get this remedied and being transparent with people... Uh, she feels like they're lying to us, hanging up on people, demanding thousands of people file police reports, which the police are now refusing also, she says. And we need someone to actually care, and I'm hoping that uh, that you guys might be the one. Well, we we do care. I mean, but Rick, in, in past years, we may have had a couple of hundred claims of identity theft, if that. 
And uh, since the pandemic hit, we've had more than 14,000. And so just as you had a claim, you know, some paperwork appear at your house yeah. you know, for a claim, we've had more than 14,000 of those kind of incidents where people said, hey, somebody filed a claim in my name. I got this document and we're stopping it. So we, one, we're getting more phone calls than we can answer. We're getting more emails than we can respond. So people, what we have instituted, if, if people email you know, BPC underscore fraud underscore unit at Delaware.gov. I know it's a long email, but if they, and it's on our website, um, they will get an automatic response acknowledging that we received their email uh, and that we're taking action on it. And so the, the last thing I didn't say, one, well, I did say it, is that we're expanding the staff, is that we're trying not only add staff, but we're reassigning staff to to address some of the fraud-related issues and investigations. So, All right. so it's BPC underscore fraud underscore unit at Delaware.gov. Delaware.gov. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, and so we we do understand. We're we're as you know, and I've tried to share. We're not insensitive to the to the delay, the the impact that delays have, or that stopping this. But we've again between. The upfront data and the analysis that's been done, we just have a number of claims that have been identified as, you know, potentially fraudulent. And and I won't go into the sort of the criteria, but again, when you start looking at, you know, common elements being shared among claimants, you begin to look at and say, hey, is this legitimate or not? Okay, we got, right, uh, so. we've, we've got just a, a little bit of more time here and a couple yeah. of more calls. I want to get to Alicia. Say okay. hi to Daryl. Hi, Daryl. I was calling to see if you could help me with a question. So um, mm -hmm. my mother-in-law is on unemployment right now. Um, she's working part-time, um, so she gets a, a just uh, lowered hours right now until they're mm -hmm. able to um, extend their, their hours and, and bring in more revenue. Um, so how does she do that when she files? Does she need to start looking for another job? Um, she doesn't want to leave that company, so... Right. Right. So it's an interesting question, Alicia. So one, if she's working part time and reporting her wages, then no, we're not expecting and, and she has an expectation that her hours are going to increase, then no, she won't have to um, she won't have to look for other work to leave that uh, to, the, to leave that employer. Um, now, if, if ever in a week she earns more than she's allowed under employment, and, and just so everybody knows, if you have a $100 WBA, you can earn $50, 50% without any penalty. And with a $100 WBA, if you earn more than $150, then uh, you won't qualify for any UI. And so that will cause you, if you, if you encounter that situation, you know, for you to have to reopen uh, your claim the following week. So th that's the thing, Alicia, that your mother-in-law needs to be aware of is that if she's reporting her wages, report gross wages. It's important yep. to keep reporting that because the employers do. Um, because she's reporting wages, the she won't be required to, you know, to look for work. And if she's going to, you know, sort of encounter that, I earn too much one week, I earn too little the next week, She'll email Rick at WDL.com. We can look at uh, flagging her account in a way that uh, that will acknowledge that situation for her. Okay. So okay. It's now, uh, uh, we're, we're slapping on a time. No, we're slapping on a time here. I'm sorry. Thank so you. So just email me, Rick at WDL.com, and uh, whatever the question is, 
have the narrative in there, and uh, if I have to email you back for information, just know that I'll do that, and we'll get it to Daryl. Daryl, I really appreciate your time. you got about 10 seconds. Uh, anything else you want people to know? Just real quick, 10,000 people have updated their resume on uh, Delaware Job Link, so thank you for, for all those people that have responded to the calls to get ready for um, the registration and work search requirement. Right. Perfect. Daryl Scott, Delaware's Unemployment Insurance Office. Thank you, sir. Special presentation of Reopening Delaware. Stay here for continuing coverage on The Rick Jensen Show on 1150 AM and 1017 FM WDEL.